Okay, everybody, welcome to the Investing with IBD podcast sponsored by Direction. It's Wednesday, May the 4th, 2022, and Chris Gessel and I are in the office, the new office. So Arusha and I did the uh, final episode from our old office, and now here we are in the new office. So joining me today on this May the 4th, for all you Star Wars nerds, uh, we've got the we've got Arusha Pires, Portfolio Manager at O'Neill Global Advisors. Welcome back, Arusha. Hey, good, good to be here as always. Nice yeah. office. <laughs> Are you a little jealous? I am very jealous. <laughs> yeah. So you can come in here. We can get you a visitor pass. Um, so yeah, of course, uh, Arusha joins me every week. He is the Chewbacca to my Han Solo. And joining us, of course, today is Chris Gessel, my boss, the chief content officer of Investors Business Daily. So a very interesting day to have Chris on. And he's going to cover some of the things that um, he's been looking at in terms of these prior bear markets and which stocks are the ones that emerge as the next leaders. And it's often those relative strength lines that are jumping out. So we'll go through some of those examples. We'll talk about the market, of course. Fed meeting happened today. And Chris will share with us a few of the stocks that are on his radar. So let's go ahead and get started. And uh, what, do you want to start out with the NASDAQ? Sure. Let's take a look at the NASDAQ. Well, this is, uh, these are some trend lines that I've been following for obviously many years. And what was interesting uh, in 2020, it broke above the upper channel line. And that was a lot like what happened in about 1995, 1996. So if you go over there, you see how the, the market was running at a certain rate and then it, it started going faster. And so I thought, hmm, maybe we're entering in like the last three to five years of, uh, of the, the, you know, the major bull market like we did in the late 90s. But then the action that we've seen recently has brought us back into that channel, which while it's kind of painful right now, what it could mean is, especially if it can hold the, the lower channel line, that this just gives us more uh, runway on this bull market and that uh, maybe we've got a longer time and this is just a good correction to kind of wring out some of the excess um, uh, bullishness and, and um, kind of bring the market back to reality a, a bit. Mm -hmm. so, so yeah, when I look at this channel line, the, the first thing that I think of is that's a long ways down to the, to <laughs> All the, the way bottom back to oh, yeah. another 20% uh, or, or so uh, in this correction, which I guess would kind of make sense if you are in a bear market, you have a, a pretty devastating correction where you're just going to wipe out everything, clear all the bases, reset them, and set everything up for potentially the next great bull market. Yeah, and you know it would be another twenty percent if it if it uh, fell next month down to that line, but. Mm -hmm. This could be a grinding market for a while, and maybe uh, you know, maybe it's it, it really only loses another ten uh, percent or something like that. But you know, we we had that situation actually in 2014, 2015, where it was it was hard to make uh, any headway yeah. uh, uh, in that in that period. So it could be something like that where the the bottom channel line catches up to us. But you know, I mean, it especially in early 2021. I mean, there was craziness with all the meme yeah, stocks right. going on and, and really growth has been in a bear market for more than a year. Yep. So, uh, and now the, the rest of the market is kind of coming to its senses. Mm -hmm. 
I guess the other concern I have is if you look back in 2000, um, you had that sharp drop and then you had a little bit of a rally there. So it almost looked like, oh, maybe everything's okay. And then that's when the bottom fell out. So, um, <laughs> right, you know, right. and, and, and there's always that. Yeah, yeah. You, you see that happen a number of times. I mean, it happened right before 2007. You dropped, uh, I, mean, I mean, 2008, you dropped, had a little bit of a rally and then boom. Uh, so yeah, I guess, is that something that, uh, how do you know when it's normal uh, and just kind of like the, the mild correction that you're hoping for? And how do you know when it's like, oh, this is, this is something more serious? Uh, where everything that you touch works against you and uh, there's, you know. Your stocks will tell you. Yes. <laughs> Your <yeah>. portfolio. You'll, <laughs> you'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's the, that, that's the key because both in 2000, especially 2008, uh, there weren't a lot of stocks setting up. Right. You, you would get that first hit where maybe you give uh, a bunch of your profits back, maybe you've gone negative, or maybe you're, you've, you're now double digits uh, on the portfolio and you're on the sidelines. Maybe you get dragged in a little bit because if you have a follow-through day, but you're out quickly, then the bottom falls out. And you're really happy that you're only maybe down 5 6%, 10% versus 30 40% mm -hmm. with some of the destruction. Yeah. And I mean, as a counterpoint, though, uh, I remember back in 2000, there was that rally that we had in that started what May 30th or May 31st uh, follow through day in 2000. And it was pretty powerful. You had mm -hmm. SDLI, Sun Microsystems, uh, uh, Keithley, uh, Corning, there was uh, JDSU. Uh, there were a number of stocks that were doing very well. And, and some of those were it seemed like everything had climaxed, but then boom, there was another like 50% uh, moves all over the place. Well, uh, I remember that, that rally and I did pretty well mm -hmm. and I gave it all back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So again, your stocks will tell you, right? Well, let's maybe uh, zoom in a little bit to today's action. Um, you know, just kind of looking at where we're at uh, mm -hmm. on the short term. And I mean, today was a very powerful day, of course, Nothing was really going on, uh, Arusha. I mean, if you show the intraday chart, um, there was nothing <laughs> happening before before eleven o'clock Pacific time. Everything happened, and even even after that, there was some volatility. But it wasn't until that press conference when uh, I think the the key words that uh, Fed Chairman Powell used were uh, not not really looking at the seventy five basis points. Um, uh, th th those weren't something that they were considering right now and that really seemed to spark a big rally here so what do you think with this fed meeting but still a lot of hikes ahead of us um what what do you think excited the market so much it, the market was incredibly oversold and it got a reason to rally mm -hmm. and so it was just looking for something and so it you know just unleashed a huge amount of buying uh and you know that's that's normal. That's what happens in in these uh, in these markets. Now let's go back. Yeah. So look at the market in March. I mean that was another big move off the bottom. We had been really oversold, and it was turned out to be stronger than what anyone expected. But then it also turned out to be weaker than anyone expected. And that's kind of the nature of this market right now. Well, yeah, I was certainly driven by those bottom. Bottom fishing, right? Yeah, Arush and I have been talking about that week after week yep. uh, here. A lot of the bottom fishers, uh, the, the the ones that were hit the hardest. Well, I, I saw an interesting tweet, um, and this is from G uh, Jason Gepford, 
but uh, he said that the S&P 500 is on track for more than 2.25% gain on a day that the, the Fed hiked interest rates. That's only happened one other time in 40 years, and that was March 21st of 2000, which was I thought was pretty interesting. Um, huh. So yeah, kind of going back to what Chris was talking about, the market was just looking for a reason to go up because we were so oversold, and maybe that is kind of similar now. I'll, let's not we can't assume it's going to be the same way but and you have to take it at face value but that we all know that when you're in bear markets you can have these really really strong rallies and that's exactly what i was thinking about today when you just this market just kept, kept getting stronger and stronger and the nasdaq finished up more than three percent so follow through day watch tomorrow uh, mm-hmm. that that would be day four um, if we get a follow-through day, uh, what do you think the chances of it working are? Um, I mean, the setups are really still in just oil and, and gas and not very many areas. Um, there's still a lot of devastation out there. Um, do you feel like we still need more time, again, to let those channel lines that you brought up at the beginning with those monthly charts mm-hmm. uh, catch up? Is, it, is this enough? You know, 20% drop, is that enough? Well, I think it really goes to the, the point we want to talk about. Of, of we're not seeing the type of stocks that typically lead bull markets mm-hmm. right now. So we're still in the bifurcated market. There's really, I mean, there's really nothing that looks like a growth stock. Mm-hmm. It's either cyclical, I mean, REITs, medical stocks. Utilities are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. I've got an alert on a utility. Right. Uh, that's so, uh, When was the last time that happened? Uh, so, well, I guess uh, that kind of brings us to a good transition. Why don't we take a break real quick? And when we come back, we'll take a look at what some of the past markets looked like and what those leaders looked like before they made their big runs. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. The Direction Hydrogen ETF offers exposure to the top 30 pure play hydrogen economy companies by largest market capitalization, leading the way towards net zero emissions by providing more accessible, efficient, sustainable solutions across five hydrogen-related sub-themes. With clean hydrogen-based energy expected to grow five times in the next 30 years, companies building hydrogen-related businesses to generate power, heating, transportation, and more will likely thrive. Welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast sponsored by Direction. It's Justin Nielsen here along with Arusha Paris, who joins me every week and our special guest, Chris Gessel. We're back in the office uh, just for today, probably. <laughs> so don't get used to it. Um, but we are in the new office here uh, with a 29th floor view of uh, the Miracle Mile in downtown Los Angeles. So uh, when we were talking about the market and we're talking about you know, where we're at in this market and what kind of setups there are. There, there really haven't been that many. I mean, you've got the oil and gas, of course, that have been looking interesting. But let's go ahead and go back into the past because you, uh, you started looking at, hey, what, what did these past leaders look like on the follow-through day when the market turned? And what, what did you find? Well, uh, it's pretty easy to do when you got someone like Praveen Bashoy who... Uh, handles so much of our data for us. And I said, Prabin, can you tell me what, the, what was in the IBD 50 in, at the week that the market followed through in 2009? So that was March uh, 13th, 2009. I think the S&P 
followed through a little earlier in the week. Um, and maybe it was a Thursday there. So it had, you know, uh, right, right there. Yeah, some big volume, big uh, uh, percentage gain. So now we have a follow through. It would have been a follow through for the NASDAQ, but it had made a new, uh, a, a more recent low. Mm -hmm. So it didn't count, but kind of like what we just saw in this recent market. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I went through the IBD 50 and there were, there were some stocks that didn't look so good, but there were a handful of stocks that if you were looking at them and really focusing in on what's important and especially during corrections, that's looking at the RS line because what is the biggest tip off is stocks that have the growth characteristics and the RS line is near or already hitting new highs. So let's take a look at one that was on the list that, that week, NETES, N-T-E-S. You think of that RS line, Justin? Yeah, I mean, the RS line, it, it's, it's amazing that for as much as this is corrected, that the RS line is just, I mean, it's, it's been soaring like the whole time, it seems like. Yeah, and look at the S&P. I mean, the S&P is just chugging lower and lower. And because this thing had been basically going sideways, that just sent its, uh, its RS line soaring. So the market follows through. This stock is that RS line is just punching even higher. Uh, so that would be a big uh, you know, reason to put it on your watch list and take a really close look at. Uh, the next one that caught my attention was- Well, Chris, before, before you get into the next one, mm -hmm. the, the other thing to, to, to really, what I would always do is like, so you have the RS line well into new highs, the price is nowhere new highs still. Correct. Yeah. Right, so it, it's- uh, the price hasn't really kind of captured that massive outperformance that can happen, especially once the market turns. So you really want to focus on that because if you're still getting price, you're not going to pick that up. And also, uh, you notice how the S&P 500, you can see the index line above there. You see how that's going into new lows, new lows, grinding high. And then what Netties does is it makes that low and then the next low is higher Whereas for the S&P 500, it's going lower. That, yep. That's another tell yep. with a lot of these leaders. Okay, next stock. What do you so, got? Uh, okay, EW, Edwards Life Sciences, which is interesting because this is where Edwards, which is now on our long-term leaders list, this is where it really started to shine. So again, uh, this looks like a completely normal cup with handle that yeah. you would see kind of in just maybe a, a normal correction. But again, uh, it had been, you know, ignoring the downtrend in the market for, for so long that RS line is soaring. Uh, so again, let's see, where was the RS line when the base started? Uh, uh, Arusha, if you just draw a line down so, so right it. here this one right there yeah so again the price the, yeah, the price had not had not reached the left side high of the base but the rs line was soaring i mean th this is a remarkable rs line yeah here. it's really smooth too it's just like it's screaming at that pay attention to edwards life sciences exactly and this, and this is one of those huge reasons why we always say you know, when you're in a correction, you don't necessarily have to have a lot of money invested, but keep the routine the same mm -hmm. because you're only going to find those next, those stocks with huge leadership potential 
in those bad markets and, and you're looking for these RS lines and which ones are just going sideways when the whole market is just totally falling apart. Then the, the other one that caught my attention was Netflix and FLX. And so that had actually broken out like what? Looks like six weeks before the market followed through. So that's another big tell. Uh, if the market is still correcting and you're getting a breakout that's actually working and holding. So how many breakouts have we seen like that lately? Yeah, not, not, for, <laughs> not that are holding. I mean, you see a breakout, but it doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't last lately. Mm -hmm. uh, and what's interesting is that, again, this is you know, Netflix that it seemed like it hadn't really been going anywhere for a while. I mean, sure. it was really kind of just marking time with the S&P 500 long-term, but then it, it just seemed like there was this change of character that you see in the relative strength line. Exactly. I mean, it, it had been basing for five years. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's remarkable. It, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people had forgotten about it after the big run, you know, early in the odds. So this was after a global financial crisis, you know, things were, things were horrible. It was, you know, once in a lifetime, potentially. Um, what about other areas? Is this something that you see happen over and over? Or is this was, was this isolated? Well, this happens in, in, most uh, bear markets, this is how you uncover the, uh, the next big batch of leaders. But before we look at some others, let's jump forward a year and let's, let's see how these stocks. Oh, go. yeah. Got to see the aftermath. We can't just take your word for it that these work, right? <laughs> right. So actually, uh, Netflix continued higher, but it wasn't easy. It basically, mm -hmm. uh, it had run up and then it based again and then, um, you know, broke out and based again kind of a stair stepper you know what i think about those yeah well actually you know what if you go a little bit further out because remember in september 2010 right netflix started a really big move um there was a, a follow-through i remember on september 1st uh 2010 exactly. and so yeah if you you know if you got in on that one after that uh yeah that, that, that was an incredible move uh after that and then let's check out uh, yeah, the double Netties. bottom was the September 1st. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, that was the, the September 1st follow-through day. Yeah. Okay, yeah, let's look at Netties. So this one, uh, and, and again, uh, draw a trend line within that base. Not that base, the, the base during, yeah, that one during the, the bear market. And then uh, when was 313? Right oh, right here. there, when it broke the downtrend line mm -hmm. in the base. So this is something that we always do, looking for the early entries, especially, you know, when the market is, you know, been, been so brutal. So it's breaking a downtrend line. The RS line is soaring. You get in there, and it's actually a pretty easy hold. There was a couple tests of the 10-week, and then it started basing again. Mm -hmm. So you could have, you know... Uh, on that first real break of the 10, uh, 10 week moving average, when that uh, consolidation started, that would have been your exit and uh, you would have had a, a, you know, a really, really nice gain coming right out of the beginning of the bull market. And for these stocks, I mean, during this time, it really was in a lot of ways a bottom fishing market. I mean, the indexes were really driven by, um, you know, 
Bank of America that was in single digits, Ford in single digits, Citicorp uh, in single digits. I mean, a lot of these stocks had been decimated. So yes, you got some of the biggest moves from some of those bottom fishers, but there was a whole host of, again, this was just the universe of the IBD 50 that you were looking at. Mm -hmm. Um, There were a lot of stocks, you know, that came out in the next few weeks too. Exactly. Well, and I think one thing to point out, because they may say, hey, why don't we just go with a Ford or a Bank of America? Those are companies I recognize. Uh, when we're looking to get into stocks, we're looking for stocks at near new highs, but also we're looking to be able to concentrate a lot more, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why we're much more aggressive at our sell rules and also why we're much more precise of, with buying. We're looking to build up to a potentially a 20% position versus others when they're saying they're buying Bank of America near the bottom or whatever, they might be, be going with a 2% position. Right, um, right. And, and so that's, that's why we have these really rigid type of rules here to help us not get destroyed when the markets really turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let's not forget, I mean, Citicorp had gotten so low, didn't have a reverse split, <laughs> if I remember correctly. <laughs> like, that's not necessarily the best vote of confidence. Right. Um, but uh, okay, so let's go ahead and uh, uh, let's get back to that other areas, uh, other time okay. periods where we could look at uh, for similar action. Yeah, let's go to the last week of 2018, 1228, And a lot of times we refer to this 2018 bear market as kind of a, a Fed-induced, uh, this is when Jerome yeah. Powell was really kind of getting his sea legs uh, in a lot of ways, I think you know, now he's telegraphing so well, but this was when the the threat of quantitative easing ending was enough to kind of throw us into a bear. Yeah. And in those three weeks before the market reversed, I mean, I, I, that was just punishing selling day after day. Mm-hmm. I, I remember people calling me up and like, what's, you know, is this ever going to end? <laughs> uh, and so, and these were some pretty experienced investors too. Uh, but if you go back to that time uh, and take a look at the IBD 50, uh, there were some interesting stocks that were showing up. So let's, the first one is Cyber, C-Y-B-R, Cyber Arc, I should say. And uh, so look again at that, that RS line hitting new highs, even though the stock is still well off the high of the base. And uh, yeah, draw a trend line there. And we'll, we'll check back into that one. Another one where the S&P 500 hitting lows, and this is just holding above its previous lows. Uh, another name that a lot of us uh, were, became very familiar with, Veeve, uh, V-E-V, V-E-E-V, Viva Systems. And, and this was happening, uh, this one, the, the RS line wasn't necessarily at new highs, but it was just acting very well and, and actually uh, was not too far off at that point. And, and a lot h- closer to highs on the RS line than the, um, than the price was. Yeah, you could easily see some movement in price mm-hmm. sending this relative strength line to new highs very quickly. And of course, because these stocks are making the IBD 50, they've got pretty good fundamentals. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's baked in. Uh, another one was Cadence Design, which uh, uh, turned out to be uh, a long-term leader. That too. So 
very close to the ultimate top, but when the base started, it was already making new highs. Okay, so let's uh, maybe take a look at the aftermath. Unless, did you have any comments uh, before we moved on, Arusha? No, I, I mean, those it, are pretty self-explanatory. Self-explanatory. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, this is, it's this type of exercise going through a lot of stocks and different corrections that uh, really emphasize that importance of the RS line to me. And mm -hmm. also not to walk away because a lot of those best stocks, this is where you're going to have that chance to get into them once that follow through day and once the market really is ready to, to make its next move up. Well, and there's certainly a lot of times where this has been drummed into us. Uh, you know, we yeah. used to have the, the, what we called the level four, the master's program. And I remember it seemed like every year when we had that, um, we would have a section. Oh, what were some of the best winners of this market cycle? And every year you would go through the same exercise, Chris, you would go through that list and look at these relative strength lines, how yeah. powerful they were. So again, we're just looking at a small universe here of IBD 50 stocks on the follow through day, but man, this is something you just see over and over market cycle after market cycle. So let's go ahead and take a look at some of the aftermath. Um, we can start with our first one, uh, cyber arc, you know, maybe just go a year out, um, and, and take a look at what this looked like. And, you know, granted in the market, uh, we had that strong rally in 2019. Uh, what was it in the summer that it seemed to kind of get a little bit tougher? Well, it got tougher in May and then it, Oh, that's know, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then it, then it kind of righted itself. And mm -hmm. then, uh, you know, August, September, October, yeah, uh, pretty tough. But then we had a you know a nice end to the right to, to the market that year, the final quarter. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, you got the you got the right spot there. It breaks out the next week and runs up, holds that ten week all the way through, and then has a bad break of the ten week moving average. That could be a time to get out and just uh, uh, wait for a new setup. Mm -hmm. And then we were also looking at Vive, which again, you know, this became. Kind of a, a long-term leader. Uh, what was this a little bit later that, or am I misremembering? Was this on the long-term leader list? Uh, I think we wanted it. We to wanted be. it to be, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then it didn't uh, uh -huh. okay. play along. Yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, we're, we're we're seeing that relative strength line doesn't look like it was uh, as as strong, but certainly you got a nice move out of this. And and keep in mind, so some people might be looking at this and saying, well, this is no Tesla going up, you know, tenfold or whatever, but this is. This there is the, were no, there yeah. were no Teslas that year going <laughs> right. up ten. Yeah, so yeah. Later in the year. Yeah. So um, I mean, th this was a very strong, you know, strong move, and it just takes a couple of these um, over a period of years to really make a huge difference in your portfolio. Uh, you know, a hundred percent gain, especially as Arusha said, if we, if you're getting some concentration in there, um, that's where you're really moving the needle on your portfolio. Again, it's pretty amazing how, how that can work once you get in the right time with that concentration, how quickly you can put points on the board. Mm -hmm. uh, and those early entries, you know, yep. again, if you're right there at the follow through day, uh, maybe an early entry from a downtrend break or something like that, that's, that's where you can get that cushion easily. And then you can just sit back while the 10 week moving average line contains the move for you and uh, makes all your decision making easy. Well, and Justin, very quickly, it, it goes back to what we were talking about with Eric Kroll, right? Where those windows open, yeah. the, on average, those successful follow-through days were on 50 days. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, having that list ready 
by using the RS line, using the IBD 50, using descending trend lines to start building those positions when you get the falter day can make all the difference at getting those positions concentrated and being able to participate in those 50 days. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we should, um, do we have another one that we looked at here? Uh, CDNS. CDNS, that's right. Mm -hmm. There we go. So that, uh, again, if you draw the damn trend line, it's just yeah. that I, I got to say, especially coming out of bear markets, that, that is such a great way to get an early jump on a lot of uh, big leaders. They just, between the RS line and it breaking above that downtrend line in the base, you can really get a head start and be making money, you know, right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. happens over and over and this is a great example again it just had how many weeks in a row was it up yeah yeah that's you just that's not a bad it. way to start <laughs> right i mean that's like that's 11. that's yeah yeah it's a big move uh and then uh you made another little base and tried to break out and then made another longer base but this became uh a long-term leader and if we why don't we uh, change the date to today we can just see how that has performed go to the monthly oh wow yeah so, so like way th back this here. has a long history of outperforming mm -hmm. and and really the best time to buy some of these long-term leaders is coming right out of a bear market right mm -hmm. okay well when we come back we're going to take a look at some of the stocks that might look the most interesting right now especially in light of a market that could be on the edge of a follow-through day. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. The Direction Hydrogen ETF offers exposure to the top 30 pure play hydrogen economy companies by largest market capitalization, leading the way towards net zero emissions by providing more accessible, efficient, sustainable solutions across five hydrogen-related sub-themes. With clean hydrogen-based energy expected to grow five times in the next 30 years, companies building hydrogen-related businesses to generate power, heating, transportation, and more will likely thrive. Okay, welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast, it's sponsored by Direction. It's Justin Nielsen here, along with Arusha Paris and our special guest, my boss, Chris Gessel. Um, so, Chris, we were talking a lot about how we have these um, these growth names that were in the IBD fifty and everything like that. So, how does this market look? You know, so in terms of those relative strength lines that are so powerful, what what are you seeing in this market right now? Well, unfortunately, what we're still seeing are a lot of cyclicals, especially oil and gas, uh, miners, uh, REITs. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, the, uh, there just aren't a lot of companies that we would consider, you know, true growth names. However, you, when you look at the IBD 50 right now, there are a couple names coming up uh, that, that do have some growthier characteristics. Okay, well, one we've been talking about, and this is uh, very high up on the IBD 50 right now, is AtCore. Uh, ticker symbol yeah. is ATKR. So let's maybe pull that up and get your take on it. Well, and, and this is one that's shown that it can make a big move. And it's basically been, you know, uh, started losing its steam, uh, you know, back in the uh, back half of 2021, and then has been going sideways. And look at that, that RS line is hitting a new high. Mm -hmm. Got a nice big blue dot on it, and let's take a look at the uh, the daily chart. 
So this is one of these unusual neighbor bases where you get a, a double bottom next to a consolidation that's a little lower, but, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so, you know, it, it started breaking out yesterday, not a great close, but then closed right near the high uh, today. So that looks, you know, fairly actionable. It, make, it makes me nervous because it gapped up and right. how often do breakouts with gaps work uh, mm -hmm. right now, but that, that looks pretty solid. And the EPS rating in this case is a 99. So it's, this is one that actually has those growth characteristics. I mean, you had triple digit growth numbers uh, for a, a couple quarters and the last quarter was 93%. So no slouch there. But then you look at the uh, estimates going forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, percent uh, in 2022 and minus 31 in 2023. So again, nothing looks absolutely perfect. Well, an ACOR so, is non-residential. Uh, so that's a plus for it. Mm -hmm. uh, industrial markets. Um, Beacon, uh, we just had that as stock of the day and Aparna noted that they were saying 80% of their, their sales were coming from remodels and um, repairs, not new construction. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think to your point, it's, it's kind of outside of that new construction for housing, because if you look at the, the housing stocks, those have not been the no. area of strength lately. Um, but yeah, there's another blue dot right there. And then uh, OLN, Olin. So this is a kind of a, an odd one. It's in the chemical group, but really what it does, it makes ammunition and, and it you know does other things. Uh, and that's also a big blue dot there. And it's you know been acting very well. Feels now let's go to the 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 daily. Exactly. And, and this would be, you know, it just had earnings. So it would have been tough to buy ahead. I guess the gap up was, uh, was on earnings. And now it's uh, a little extended. So this is when I'd, you know, uh, wait for a pullback, see if it can consolidate a little bit. But That's interesting, you know, though, seeing some of these. This is the second stock we've looked at. Yeah that had an earnings gap that's kind of completing the base and it's actually going up a little bit versus for the last really six months or so, it seems like they were immediately getting sold off. So maybe you're starting Held to see a gap and then some. change. Yeah. Yeah. And, maybe and there is a stocks, you know. character change starting yep. to happen in the market. Well, and certainly, you know, today was helping, I think, drive a lot of these uh, stocks higher. Um, uh, Olin, we, we did put this on Swing Trader and we did it as a half position because we've been, you know, slowly kind of doling some money out and also being very careful with our risk. If the risk profile is too high, uh, which again, because of that gap up, uh, you know, we, we had to be concerned with that. So uh, we, we did a smaller position size on that because you, you don't need to necessarily skip a trade. If your risk percentage looks too high, you can always just go with a smaller position size. But then, you know, the, the downside of that is, uh, you know, if you're trying to get concentrated positions, <laughs> like what Arusha was saying, uh, you know, that's where you can really move the needle on your portfolio. So that it's, you know, it's a balancing act. Um, but well, I will. And, and just to add to that, I, I think a lot of times when you're kind of coming out of a market, you might not go in kind of with the normal unless you see all your growth stocks and everything's really kind of set up in this kind of iffy type of market where it's not really our industry groups, 
you, instead of going kind of the normal 10% position and building up to a 20% position, those first few stocks, you may start with a 5% position or maybe even a little more conservatively, a three, 4% position, just to prove to yourself that you can make traction in the market. Um, so, so, you know, there's that you might not necessarily, as you're saying, Justin, build up to those larger concentrations. Well, I would also say that based on some of the research that we did, um, before innovator launched the ETF on the IBD 50, uh, one of the things we noted and 2009 was a very interesting time period. The IBD 50 didn't start really moving, uh, at first, you know, we had the March follow through day in 2009. It wasn't really until July that mm-hmm. growth really started moving in a big way. So, um, you know, sometimes you do have that kind of start and it takes a little while sometimes for the leadership to really establish itself. I think the, the first ones out of the gate are the ones you want to pay attention to, but you, you can't take your off the ball. You have to constantly be looking at, hey, if, if other things are kind of coming in, what's taking its place? And sometimes you get those stocks that follow up uh, and, and make you know, it's the next batch sometimes that can be the even more powerful. So you have to not just put everything in, in at once at the first sign of uh, strength. Well, and, and like uh, after the 2018 bear market, not everything broke out in January. There were stocks still coming out in February and March. Mm-hmm. 2016, January, 2016. I remember that's when I first started writing for the paper and it was, it was Verizon, AT&T, uh, you know, and IBD 50. Yeah. Arusha was sitting right behind yeah, me and, you know, I, you know, I'd, I'd yeah. be like, man, are you seeing anything in the IBD 50? Cause I got to write the IBD 50 stocks to watch. And uh, it's, it's a bunch of REITs and it's all very, very familiar. Uh, Arusha's like, oh, take, takes, a, takes me back to those yes. times. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, let, let's go ahead and, I mean, we've, we've talked about some of the almost growth uh, kind of kind of stuff, some better numbers, but there's also, uh, we were gonna look at HF Sinclair, which is uh, ticker symbol D-I-N-O, uh, which I, I, I finally figured out why they have that. That's that's their little mascot. I, oh, yeah. I was on the freeway and I, I saw a little dinosaur and I'm like, oh, it's oh, Sinclair, that's so there it is. That's my that's my closest gas station now. So I, okay, so you're very familiar very with the dino. Familiar. Okay, yeah. Um, so long base here. Yeah, long base coming out of this uh, blue dot. Uh, also, you know, the, the, the numbers, I mean, the, the sales have picked up markedly. The, uh, the profits are, you know, a little uh, sloppy there. But what's interesting is uh, this is kind of indicative of what we've been seeing a lot this year in the market, that it's oil, energy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, miners, Lots of cyclical stocks, along with you know, we were seeing some financials that that basically uh, stop, uh, and then you know REITs and things like that. So, but even the REITs, I mean, they got they got pummeled yeah, a little bit. I know lately. So I mean, and, you had all those storage REITs that were working, and um, you know, just like the metals and stuff, it, it seemed like uh, the the rug got pulled out from underneath uh, a lot of those at, at the end of April. So. Maybe there's a real rotation going on, and some of these, uh, you know, defensive areas that were hot. Maybe the market is now turning its eye towards a little more growth at a reasonable pro- reasonable price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. Uh, one of the things where we're not usually looking at the PE ratios, but it seems like it's uh, been more and more on our on our radar. Uh, uh, something that we've been noting. Um, 
well, any, any, any final thoughts of uh, what people should be kind of keying in on right now? I say, just stick to your routine. You got to do it every week, even when you think there's no reason to do it, go through, run, run your screens, look, uh, look for, you know, the, uh, strong RS lines, tight action, things setting up, really look for those downtrends within the bases. Anything you can do to get a good early entry makes all the difference if this thing really starts to work. Mm-hmm. What about you, Arusha? Um, how are you positioning yourself uh, for the rest of this week with the potential follow-through day coming out? Um, now we've got the Fed behind us. Uh, what, what's your course of action? Yeah, it's the same thing like we've been talking about right here. Just looking at what groups, what stocks are near highs with relative, strong relative strength lines. Now, if we do get a fall today, one of those rules are you must buy something on the fall today. So I'll, I'll buy probably one thing very small just to see if I can get some traction mm-hmm. uh, and, and then slowly build into it. Even the March one was slowly building up to it and started getting a little bit more confident. And then we hit that ceiling, right? And then you have to back away pretty quickly. So it's a, it's a process, but you have to be consistent at it because one of these times it's going to work. And, and it'll probably be the time where you don't want to buy it. Uh, mm-hmm. And so getting a little bit and then slowly uh, seeing that work and maybe buying another position with a little bit larger concentration and just starting to see that progress. It's weird. You just start seeing your mindset kind of shift. Mm-hmm. And, and now you all of a sudden you start getting a little bit more confidence. And then maybe that third or fourth stock, you're, you have a lot more confidence to go in and buy on strength and, you know, go a little bit more position, uh, more of a concentration. And now you're starting to get that traction and, and you're starting to really realize that, Hey, we, we really could have that next rally. Right. And as you said, from the get go, I mean, that managing your risk for those times that you're wrong, you know, starting off a little bit at a time, not going in too deep, uh, letting the market act as that feedback mechanism uh, really can help you out because you can be wrong a lot of times. And if you nail that time that you just described, Arusha, where now this is the working one, this is where the mindset changes, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, you nailed that right. And it can make up for a lot of uh, small losses. And, uh, and that's, that's what we're here for, right, is those uh, potential life-changing ones. Uh, so, well, thank you very much, Chris, for coming into the office um, and dragging me into the office, too. So, uh, uh, Arusha, we'll get you in here eventually um, so you can, you know, you can see our view. Um, of course, it's a longer drive than from your couch to the uh, to, to, to your office right now. But uh, yeah, just we'll get make you in sure here. you save some snacks. That's all. Yes, we will save some snacks for you. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why I'm trying to cover my stomach so that you don't <laughs> see how many snacks I've been eating during uh, coronavirus uh, times. But uh, uh, thanks for joining us, as always, Arusha. And on next week's podcast, Arusha and I are going to be talking with Jim Ropel. So it's going to be great to have him on the show, especially if we get a follow through day. Uh, you want to talk about someone with optimism. Uh, Jim Ropel is usually, uh, you know, one of the biggest cheerleaders for the market. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what he's doing with uh, his stocks and uh, what's on his radar. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And thanks for joining us this week. Uh, thank you, Chris, for being here. We'll see you next time. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode.
This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.